Thompson. everyone and welcome back to Property Matters. We have taken a long break as Planet FM had a number of changes happening to their world which impacted us but we're delighted to be back. The poor things at the station, they had to get out of their home in Carrington Road as it's part of the new Kiwi Build subdivision taking place, moved to a new home in Mount Albert just as a lovely COVID pandemic lockdown took place. We waited for equipment to arrive from overseas which had lots of delays, and then just as they got set up, a lovely storm whipped through and damaged their building and roof, meaning a quite a major rebuild taking place. Now, they're not quite finished yet, but we have missed you so much, we thought it's time to get back on the airwaves. So we're recording in Zoom land to get us back on the air and looking forward to being back in the studio very soon. Now, if you haven't chatted or heard from us before, Property Matters is your one-stop shop to talk all things investment and around those interesting subjects about tenants and landlords and what their rights are and everything we can do to help you out along the way. I'm Stephen Dello, and we're brought to you by Barfoot and Thompson and a massive thank you to them. We've got a great show tonight. So let's kick it off. Now, I'm delighted to be joined by the wonderful Nicole Lewis, author of Property Quadrants. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you very much. Very good to be here. It's great to have you here. And before we sort of deep dive into Property Quadrants, <laughs> let's just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are. Okay, certainly. Well, I am first and foremost a wife and a mother of two. And I sort of think family is the most important thing to me. So I got involved in property a number of years ago, and I was lucky enough to be able to be running my own property business since before my children were born. So I've been able to put all the time and effort into, into them. Uh, and I'm zero set of all the, the lessons I've learned, which uh, are all in the book, my ups and downs of making millions, losing millions and having to start all over again, I sort of came together to think, well, how can I help out other Kiwi families that want to be able to put the time into their family and not be so stressed with the, the corporate world and uh, to not to be an absentee parent because you're forever having to work and work and work. So it's really all about these are the things I did in order to get my freedom back and put my time back into my life. And now I'm at the space where I can share that and help many other people to do the same. Brilliant. And I love that you said, you know, it wasn't all plain sailing. <laughs> um, you know, we, we're mentors are often the best when they can say, I've been there, I've done that, I've made my mistakes, and I, I'm here to stop you from making the same ones. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I think what you do wrong is every bit important and perhaps more so than what you do right. And as a mentor, you've got to teach both. Mm. So that's, you know, and, and you do as you do come from nothing. Well, I did come from nothing. And uh, I think sometimes as you progress, you forget that. 
and you've got to go back to reality to help people to start at ground zero where you used to be. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, is there a biggest learning or mistake, dare I say, but probably learning from your time that you, you always draw back to? Oh, there's a huge amount. And so probably my number one is to be... I would say conservative. So I used to pretty much be, oh, let's just go and do everything. And I took, I did too much. Now I was a little unlucky and that my very first down cycle was the global financial crisis. So that was unfortunate. Uh, you didn't cause but... that one. You can't be blamed <laughs> for that one. Yeah. No, not quite, not quite. But I certainly took a lot of learning from it. And these days when I go ahead and do property deals, I always sort of tend to think, okay, the worst case scenario is this. Now let's work backwards to make sure that that doesn't happen. So I teach with a conservative edge. So I'm very much wanting to eliminate risk. Um, and once you understand that you just need knowledge to eliminate risk, property is actually relatively risk-free once you know what you're doing. Okay. All right. So talk us through Property Quadrants, the book. Yes. If I'm going to pick this book up, what can I expect reading it? Okay. So my inspiration from Property Quadrants came from reading Robert Kiyosaki's Cash Flow Quadrants. So he talks about how cash flow works and teaching you to understand money. And I read his book and I thought to myself, you know what? Property works in the exact same way. So I, I came across and I spent a lot of time trying to work out, well, there are four quadrants in property. And two of those quadrants actually make you cash poor and lead you to a life of struggle. And during or pre-GFC, unbeknown to me, I was a master in those two quadrants. <laughs> but really what I should have been was a master in quadrants three and four, which are the two quadrants that lead you to being cash rich and have lots of passive income coming in. So people don't necessarily understand the difference. And in you know, good old Kiwis, we all strive to get our family home, which is fantastic. But your family home is quadrant one. It's it's a liability. It costs you money every single month. And it's also emotional. You know, we're very tied to that emotionally and we don't think strategically and we don't think about the long-term consequences and the struggle if things like interest rates go up, uh, you know, job security goes down, we get hit with something like COVID, it leads us to more and more stress. But nevertheless, a lot of people manage to survive and eventually years down the track, they get some equity in their problem, in their property, sorry. So they think, oh, I'll go and I'll buy an investment. And this leads them to their next mistake. They take that same emotional thinking into an investment property, which is quadrant two, and they end up with two properties that cost them money every month and double the outgoings. So it leads them to more stress and struggle and the bank goes, that's it, no more. But actually, if you take your emotional hat off and you put on your business hat, quadrant three makes you lump sums of money with active income. And quadrant four makes you passive income if you're buying the right type of investment property that makes you money from day one instead of costing you money. And that's how you set yourself up to pay your family home off and your mortgage for you so that your, your salary as such can become savings. 
that's what took me 20 years to work out. Brilliant. In a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you named the four quadrants? I have. So quadrant one is your family home. Quadrant two is cash poor property. Quadrant three is cash rich property. And quadrant four is passive income property. And do you see an average person sort of, what, what is there a, a common timeline that people travel through those quadrants? Like, can you get to quadrant three and four quite quickly if you you're focused? That's a really good question. You should actually start investing in quadrant three and right. four. But people just don't realize that. And I've had people read the book and uh, and they come and they go, oh my gosh, I was just about to go and buy the wrong property. Thank goodness I read your book. I didn't realize I should think about it that way. And it's like, no, neither did I. And, uh, you know, it saves people from going down the the struggle pathway from day one. But I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that, you know, Kiwis like to to buy their family home. Correct. And there's a time in our life when we're brought up as teenagers and, and that conversation starts happening. Yes. Uh, so as you say, it's not necessarily always the right or first purchase that you might want to make. Yeah, I think Kiwis think they have to buy their family home first and then years down the track they can invest. And you don't have to at all. You can actually start off doing like no money deals, which is all part of quadrant three or property flips or things like that and make some money. It's all about making lump sums so that you can increase your deposit or get your deposit faster for your family home and actually learn about how to do property the right way from the beginning. You mentioned in your media release about many people that, you know, you've turned their lives around by mm. following this formula. Um, can you tell us some of those success stories? Well, actually, my most recent mentoring client, uh, who's not in the book because she's pretty much, I've been mentoring her for three months now. And in that three months, we've just gone through her review and she's given me permission to share her success stories uh, now, she's one of these typical people that was about to go and buy a Quadrant 2 property, read my book and was like, oh, my gosh, I've, I've stop! I've, <laughs> I've taken my offer off the table. And she went and she looked for Quadrant 4 passive income properties, and she just bought one last week. It makes her $2,400 a week in passive income. And now she's about to do her first Quadrant 3 deal, which will be a, a property flip. Um, and that should, according to our numbers, make sort of between five to $800,000 profit. So the goal is that you buy your passive income properties, you put them on interest only. This was her strategy. You put it on interest only for five years. You spend that time doing a few quadrant three properties to make the money to pay off your mortgage. So within five years, you've got your $2,400 a week coming in that's just purely in your hand. And in her case, she wants to do two of those to make $5,000 a week. So we're halfway there in three months. Wow. So um, And so overall, she's made about 500000 in both equity and cash flow in the first three months. So that's, a, I'm very, a very happy, a brilliant success story um, and someone who just didn't quite know which way to go. Absolutely. Brilliant. Mm. For for young investors yes. these days, you know, they always, it's hard to get get started. Yes. Um, and, you know, especially if you're living here in, in Auckland, there's no point denying it. It's the house prices have been huge. 
What okay. advice do you have for someone young that's got the passion to go down this path? Well, interestingly enough, I've just taken on another client who's only in his early 20s. Um, and normally I, and he's, he's based in Auckland. Um, and normally I was sort of not 100% sure about someone so young, but oh my gosh, he is so passionate. He is so determined and he is so willing to learn. And we're starting off by doing no money deals. So basically contemporaneous settlements. I know some of your listeners won't understand that, but I you know, don't want to go too much into teaching that. And that's all about active income so that he can actually build up his money in the bank so that he can go and buy an investment property, likely outside Auckland, that will make him passive income from day one. So, you know, it's so doable for young people. I started again with nothing after the global financial crisis. I even had bad credit. Um, so, you know, the bank was like, go away. Didn't have any option. And it is so doable, but you've just, it's not easy. You've got to actually put time into it. And a lot of people give up after their first deal or their second. Uh, and it's like, just keep going because you will definitely get there. And the success is always just around the corner. Uh, and, you know, like, and teach yourself, always be learning, go and talk to people in property. They're a brilliant group of people, these investors associations and that they're always willing to help. And you'll get there. But don't listen to the people at work who moan and whinge about the water cooler who haven't got any idea about property but are far too willing to tell you all the pitfalls. Don't listen to those guys. Only the ones that are successful. Talk to the experts. Exactly. I want to chat now about some of the roadblocks that we might have, whether they're real ones or mental ones, I guess. And you mentioned at the start the importance of eliminating risk. Yes. Can you unpack that a little bit for me? Certainly can. So most people think that property is a very risky and that they they work really hard and they manage to get their family home. And as I've said before, that's a quadrant one property, which costs you money every every week. So you can sometimes have a little bit of financial struggle in there. And so when they get involved in property, they're like, oh my goodness, I don't want to lose the family home. What if we lose everything? Or I don't want to jeopardize that. Or we can barely afford to pay the mortgage. How can I possibly afford to do something else? Now, I love that mindset because, as I've said before, I'm a conservative investor because of the fact I've learned the tough lessons with having lost everything. And really, the reason I lost things was lack of knowledge. I didn't really know what I was doing. So once you know what you're doing and you've got the knowledge, there is no risk because you are basically looking at your worst case scenario before you purchase something and putting all the strategies in place to avoid that ever happening. And that's why I go for positive passive income because cash flow is key. If you've got the money coming in from your rental properties and you've got multiple income streams instead of just one, you're actually stopping the risk from getting to the point where it's going to put you in any sort of financial trouble. You mentioned there the lack of knowledge, and I guess yeah. it's it's lack of knowledge, but also lack of policy knowledge. I mean, we live on, on the world of Google where Correct. everyone get, gets advice from the internet. You you mentioned, you know, not chatting with the people around the water cooler at lunch. Um, experts like yourself, where else are there good places to go to, to, to build your knowledge base if investing in property is something you're interested in? 
Well, you can do things like join your local property association. So like Auckland has the Auckland Property Investors Association. You know, they are fantastic. Go and join those. There's one in Wellington. There's one in Canterbury. You know, they're, they're all over the place. So I'd say join your local investors association. And they usually have a uh, once a, a month face-to-face um, meeting where they'll have a guest speaker. Go to those, meet people, listen to the speakers. And they do a lot online as well. But you can, you know, there's still nothing that replaces actually meeting people and talking to them. You've got property traders associations, traders being people who do quadrant three active income, go and join those associations, go and meet people, talk to them face to face. Of course, you've got Facebook groups as well. We've got our own passive property income Facebook group. And I say have a mix of a Facebook group and an actual face-to-face group and get out there and meet people and uh, go and have coffee with them and talk to them. Absolutely. Mm. Um, time becomes something in this journey, doesn't it? it you does. know, we, we, we all work the full-time jobs. We're juggling the children. We're attending all the other things that we do in our life. And you mentioned earlier about, you know, you do need to invest time into this to get it yes. right. Uh, any advice or tips for someone who's feeling a little time poor but really wants to start this journey? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, in my book, I actually talk about time quite a lot because there's two sides to that. And and my husband has been in the corporate world for many, many years, and he's gone through those phases where he worked, I don't know how many hours a week, probably 50, 60 hours a week, busy in the weekends. We'd book a, a holiday only for the company to change their targets and he's like I can't go away I'm I'm too busy <laughs> and so you look at it and you think you know you you put 20 30 40 years into into the corporate world you work 40 50 60 hours a week and at any point they go the new boss starts and they go see you later no we don't like you we're downsizing we're cutting your wages we're doubling your targets uh thank you very much for meeting your target last month but that was yesterday now let's concentrate on doing it all over again And we're all too willing to put that sort of time in, but it actually eats away at our life. But really, when it comes to doing property, if you do some property trading in quadrant three and make active income, I outsource all of that. And I might put in five hours a week myself. So my hourly return, once I've sold it, ends up something like $1,500, $1,600 an hour, which is exceedingly good going. But in the corporate mindset, we don't think about that. So if you get to the point where you've set up a good team, you can have all of that stuff being done for you while you concentrate on your corporate job and you just make that sort of money on the side. But what it does is it then gives you the option one, two or five years down the track to say, actually, I don't want my corporate job anymore. I think I'll I think I'll give up and I'll go and do property and I'll spend more time with the family. You know, or the opposite, you might my husband stayed in his job for years because he wanted to. Mm. There's a big big difference between mm. I'm staying in my job because I want to and I love it and when that new boss starts or they restructure and it gets too hard and there's too much stress I'll just leave versus I'm forced to stay there to put bread on the table. Uh and that's what property does. Now while you're doing the two you probably would need to put about maybe four, five hours a week into property. And when you think about that, we all have that. You know, yeah. we spend it on Netflix or we yeah. spend it on Facebook or, you know, we spend it on whatever. So it's just a case of 
I suppose thinking about it differently, you know, you're willing to put the 40 or 50 hours into corporate to not really get anywhere after 30 years. Are we willing to put the five hours into property to create your own financial future in five to 10 years? All right. Now I'm going to ask you a tricky question. Okay. Is there a golden age to start this journey? And is it ever too late to begin? Actually, I was listening um, just the other day to Grant Cardone. I kind of like him. And he said, the sooner you can start property, the better. The younger you are, the better. Um, That said, a lot of people only start really making their money in their 60s and 70s. So no, it's never too late. And no, you're never too young. Uh, It's just really mindset because no matter where you are between 20 and 70, we can create all the barriers we like in our own mind about the fact we're too young, we're too old, it's too hard, it's too risky. But at the end of the day, it's never too early and it's never too late. I mean, the saying I like, the best time to have started in property was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. It's so accurate. Yeah, absolutely. As a teenager yourself, were you someone who saved and collected, uh, you know, or, or did this sort of switch at a later time? Or did you grow up as someone who was definitely keen in this space? It's a, that's an interesting question. So I, my mother died when I was one year old. And so I ended up living with my grandparents. So mm-hmm. my grandparents had a very different outlook. You know, I talk about Robert Kiyosaki. They were definitely the poor dad mindset. You go and you get a job, you work in it for 30, 40 years and until you retire and you buy your family home, you gradually pay it off. When you're 65, start living. But I had, I must have had the recessive gene because I didn't want to do that. Now, I wanted to live my life and make money and have all the champagne things. And so, yes, I was a good saver. And I, I started off just working in, in, the, in the bank, actually. And then I, I don't know quite how I discovered property. But I suddenly thought, I used to read all the books, and I suddenly thought, you know what? If I can buy 10 properties and hang on to them for a few years and then sell five and pay the other 10 off, I'll have enough money to retire. And so from I bought my first property at 22, um, and then my second property at 24, and then started investing from there. But made plenty of mistakes, bought the wrong things, bought in quadrant two. As I said, global financial crisis came along lost the whole lot and then I had to pick myself up because it was a bit I was a bit stressed it was a bit depressing (laughs) to Mm, be honest and um and start all over again so that was but at least I knew what to do and what not to do so I did always have that drive but I never had anyone to help me and uh and of course there wasn't a case of jumping on on YouTube and looking it didn't exist so it was trial and error and how do I work this out and what do I do so I just keep going. I've got the determination. Brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. And you, you mentioned, you know, having those people around you and surrounding, I guess, by professionals that help, such as yourself. I'd imagine then, uh, you know, continuing that journey through your life of an investment. Uh, we've had fabulous mortgage brokers, insurance conversations on here, wonderful property mat- managers from Barfoot and Thompson, who are our sponsors, of course, come on and talk about having the professionals to look after your investment. So I guess then in your your case, they're looking after that so you can get on and start planning the next one. Oh, look, Do you see that as an important part? I see that as a very important part. And I talk about that in the book too. 
I mean, you know, and also professionals as far as tradespeople are concerned. Mm -hmm. I mean, having a great plumber or an electrician yeah. or a builder, they're worth their weight in gold. Um, and great property managers. I mean, we've just had a very interesting scenario with a tenant now and without the fantastic property manager we've got, we would have been completely lost of what mm, to do. Mm. So, you know, they and, and a great accountant, solicitor, mortgage broker, real estate, they're worth their weight in gold. I cannot stress enough if you've got the right one, yeah. um, you be good to them and they will be good to you. And yeah. you're 100% right. You use your time to do what you're best at, which is looking for the next deal yeah. and getting it happening. Absolutely. Oh, Nicole, we, we've run out of time. I could chat to you forever. Uh, how can people track you down if they want to join one of your groups that you've talked about? And where can people find your book? Okay, well, my book is it's actually online in uh, Book Depository, Fish Pond, everywhere like that. It's in all the stores. And uh, there's also more information at our own website, propertyquadrants.com. Uh, the book's also available on Kindle and it's also available on audio. So uh, you can get that in any format that suits you best. I am at thepropertylifestyle.com. I also am the property coach in the New Zealand Property Investor magazine. So you can uh, subscribe to that, which is brilliant for all things property as well. Or just email me, Nicole at thepropertylifestyle.co.nz. I love talking property and will happily help with anything you need. That is fantastic. And we've got a few books to give away of Property Quadrants. So if you'd like to enter our draw, email us at propertymatters at barfoot.co.nz. Simply with your name and address, we'll add you to the draw. And at the end of November, we will give these books away and pop the winners up on our Facebook page. Nicole, an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Uh, we'll check in again sometime in the future. And uh, good luck with wherever the next property investment adventure takes you. Thank you very much for having me on your show. I have really enjoyed it. And uh, let's hope together we can help lots of people succeed in property. Brilliant. What a fabulous interview with Nicole Lewis. So many great ideas. Now, her book is brilliant. So a reminder to email propertymatters at barfoot.co.nz to go into the draw to win one of her books. We'll be closing that draw off at the end of November. Now, before we close the show, let's take a look at a few things that have been in the media over the last little while. And a big thank you to the New Zealand Property Investors Federation for their weekly media breakdowns. The first thing that caught my attention was the Hamilton property market drawing investors their way. Lodge Real Estate Managing Director Jeremy O'Rourke says agents are meeting with an increasing number of investors who are cash buyers amid a volatile stock market and rising inflation. Commercial property is also still a complex investment option, so we are seeing more investors returning to rental property. Newer investors see the rental property market as a good place to sit it out for a while, he says. Lodge Rentals received 829 applications for 139 available properties in the month of September. Rents have also increased and investors are receiving yields of between 4 and 5% on rentals, a better option than leaving money in the bank where it's been eroded by inflation, says O'Rourke. He says investors have also settled into the government's 10-year Brightline test and are looking at rental properties as a longer-term investment. Now, three housing projects are being considered for fast-track consent, with the government estimating it could create almost 900 new homes. 
This includes a project to redevelop a site in Lake Hayes in Queenstown for 748 new homes, which would come with a park and ride facility and even possibly a new school. The other two projects were an apartment building in Koimarama in Auckland and potentially up seven storeys high, with a subdivision also in North Auckland for 85 homes. So we'll keep you posted on the progress there. Now, Kiwi landlords are increasingly looking to property managers to help them navigate compliance for rental properties after major changes to rental rules in recent years. Experts are concerned, though, that the government isn't taking action on regulation for property managers to ensure renting is fair for both landlords and tenants. The Real Estate Institute of New Zealand Head of Property Management, Joe Ray, told the AM show on TV3 that the latest figures from Stats New Zealand show there are approximately 440,000 privately owned investment properties in New Zealand. She added around 40% of rental homes are managed by a property manager. Ray has called for a raft of measures, including training for property managers to protect everyone involved in the rental industry. We want to see some levels of education and training like real estate salespeople, a license so you can apply an annual license each year, client fund protection so rental money that's collected must go into a dedicated client fund account known as a trust account and that needs to be audited annually. That's what Joe Ray told AM Early on TV3. Now, here at Barfoot and Thompson, who sponsor this show, we meet that. We make sure that we have our accounts audited. They are in a trust situation, and we run regular training um, with our accredited course through the Real Estate Institute. So if you're looking for a property manager, make sure you check out barfoot.co.nz. And we'll be catching up with Joe from the Real Estate Institute in a few weeks' time. And finally, affordable rental housing for older people living in a West Auckland suburb has received a significant boost with the opening of a purpose-built 41-unit apartment development in the heart of Glen Eden. The development was completed in August 2022 and fully tenanted by the end of September, such as the demand for affordable rental homes in the area, with 45 tenants, including four couples, now calling to Wilson Road their new home. The complex has been leased to Hamaru Housing for an initial 25-year term, and they will undertake the management of the tenancies and the building, and all tenants qualified for the income-related rent subsidy, thus easing their financial burden. So great news for residents in West Auckland. Well, it's been great to be back on air and chatting with you once again. It's been a long break, so make sure you check us out for past and future episodes at barfoot.co.nz forward slash property matters. If you have something you can chat to us about in this investment space, email us at propertymatters at barfoot.co.nz. We've got some great episodes coming up over the next six weeks. Then we'll take a break over Christmas and join in the new year. Catch us next week when we chat to a team about a very special training academy that is growing property managers. Very topical after our conversation about Joe's comments. And if you are looking for a career in property management, flick us an email because we can hook you up in advance with the team from Barfoot's Training Academy who puts you on a six-month journey to become a property manager and then send you off to a branch to start your career in real estate. A massive thank you to Nicole Lewis for coming on our show today. 
Don't forget to email us to go in the draw to win one of our books. Thanks to Adam for editing this show and to Matt for getting it out through our networks. Have a fabulous week and we'll join you again next week. (laughs) 